Hello and welcome back to OP is OP, the podcast where we go through the One Piece universe front to back. I, as always, am the super rookie, Jacob the Fool, joined by my co-host and super veteran, Justin the Magnificent. What is up, guys? We are very excited to be back in the mainline One Piece series this week. Finally! Finally, discussing Wano Act 3. Part this one, baby. This is very exciting. Yeah, this is going to be a multi-part episode, obviously. And today, while I acknowledge that uh, Act 3 begins at Chapter 956, very juicy, we're going to be kind of skipping. Well, not kind of. We're going to be skipping to yeah. the Odin flashback, which starts at 959. Because despite there being some very, very interesting stuff that I really want to talk about in those first mm-hmm. three chapters, we feel that that might just be, or will probably be, better served in a couple of weeks after this break. Granted that most of these topics have just been brought back to the forefront. Yeah, so just as a, those who are watching or listening to this episode, like, at a different time period, this is when chapter, hang on, chapter 1053 came out about a week ago, and Oda is taking a much-deserved month-long break. Justin and I were very confident Act 3 was going to finish at 1053. Wow, we're almost 100 chapters from this point. Almost 100 chapters for Insane. Act 3, Act 3 alone. However, the curtains have not closed. Not but, officially. Not officially. But you and I, I think you and I both agree that at this point, we're, even though we're still in Act 3, Wano is technically in its post-Wano part right now because I'm feeling. the main course is basically done, right? We'll obviously talk more about it when we get there, but just in case people haven't fully caught up on Wano Act 3 at this point, we'll try not to dive into the end of Wano, just in case. But if we do, you have been warned, like, we're, we'll do our best to try and contain ourselves, but Sometimes we're going to have to make a reference to what's been happening. To the future. To the future, yeah. But for now, we go to the past. We go to what I... To Kazuki Odin, who I title as the Magnificent. Because holy shit, what a goddamn beast of a man this guy is. What a chad. This is the Giga Chad of One Piece. Is that a controversial to say that? The Giga Chad of One Piece? The first time we see this dude, he's just walking into the village and people are either dispersing, looking in awe. He's just walking with like the wide strut. The girls are getting wet over him. The husbands are going, hide the daughters, hide the wives. Odin's walking through town. He's going through. I think the first thing he does is share a toast on top of a burning corpse at a funeral, right? During a burning of someone. And he's like sharing a toast with them, eating meat on top of them, drinking, and then leaving the drink on top of the corpse. Just going, rest well, buddy. And then we're just like, what is the context? What is going on? Who is this dude? Momonosuke? This is your I mean, dad? Really homies <laughs> if they don't bring you some soup and a drink in the afterlife? That is true, too, because I'm looking at that going like, dude, if I get burned alive, I want someone to have a toast on top of my body at the same time. That's kind of a metal way to go, right? <laughs> We're like, yeah. that's a proper respect. Have some nice Korean barbecue on top of my burning corpse. I'm like, hey, at least my friends ate well on my burning body, leaving him one final gift before I go away. <laughs> that's some metal shit. And then, God, like, this is just, like, the first, like, page we see this dude. But he just, just bleeds magnetic charisma. Like, he, this character has, like, the hair and the pose of a JoJo character. Like, we mentioned that before with the, the villain from the film Gold, right? Because he was animated to look like that. 
But the way just Odin acts and looks and his hairstyle and the fact that he just did all this infamy at such a young age, like at 14, he burned a casino at age seven. He went to a brothel or some shit, right? They just went on and on. And it's just like, yeah, this is a JoJo character, right? Where you just see, I I forget the character's name. He's like a 14-year-old, but he looks like a 26-year-old model. (laughs) It's like Joestar, I think. Oh, Jotaro, okay. (laughs) And I'm just like, yeah, this is a fucking JoJo character. But not just Odin, though. We see also the origins of the Scabbards, right? The samurai that are here at the one on the present day enacting the plan to overthrow Kaido and free Wano. And And also Orochi's bitch ass. Orochi's motherfucking bitch ass. God, what a a great character to hate. Um, But we see the origins of Kinemon. And you're just thinking, like, okay, I bet this dude is just maybe, like, a low-ranking samurai. I bet he's, you know, uh, maybe he's, like, Jinbei, right? He's in the—he's, like, a guard. Hell no, this guy's a common petty thief, dude. And he's just getting caught red-handed by his future wife. (laughs) Just going, please, I didn't do it, please. (laughs) And the influence that he has where we see this ongoing theme and why the Scabbards are so loyal to Odin, where— all they the scabbards really were a bunch of hoodlums. Yeah, they were just a bunch of criminals. And Kinemon, especially, was just a, again a very pathetic thief, where he actually steals the child, the baby boar of the mountain god, and just goes, "Yeah, I'm gonna sell you for some quick cash," and obviously enrages the mountain god, brings almost ruin to the flower capital. Odin just struts on in, going, "You want this, right? Come and get it." And then he just does his two sword slice double panel page Great clean panel. cut that would that make Zoro go is a beautiful panel. yeah and even Zoro would look at that and go yeah that's 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 some good shit right there <laughs> that's a <laughs> that's a clean cut and he just cleans it up and just through that action saves the town but still causes a much of a ruckus that his own father banishes him from the capital and then own just goes yeah okay no respect <laughs> but Owen just goes, yeah, whatever, dude. I'm going out. I'm having an adventure. And it's kind of clear that he, this guy just bleeds adventure. He yearns to get out there. But right. Wano's... He's, a, he's definitely a Luffy type. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that's what that means speaks for itself, really. Mm-hmm. And while he's just doing his usual thing, Kinemon is just like, I will die for that, man. I want to be with that dude. <laughs> he just. Yeah. I really like just... the scabbards in this flashback and just seeing them like where they came from yeah it it really is surprising because they really do come off as kind of just the noble samurai the entire time we've seen them even if you think all the way back to to izo when we first met him Mm -hmm. in marine ford it's crazy to imagine him being this well he wasn't izo wasn't actually that much of a hoodlum but the rest of them especially were yeah because when we see them in the present day yeah they're like the the very noble samurai right but they were also i'll be honest kind of bland a little bit and then with this flashback, we that humanizes them so much because yeah, like you said, like they had their origins. They were, you know, they were just carefree. They did their own thing. They cared about the immediate surroundings. They didn't care about like their duty and honor, right? It was just more like yeah, they're just trying to survive doing their own thing. In comes an Odin like a boss, just doing his own thing. Like he's not doing it because I want to rehabilitate these people. It's like no, I'm doing my thing, and through his actions, inspires these future samurai to go. Yeah, I want to serve this guy. Step up. They step up and end up kind of helping him just do his thing. Yeah, for example. Even against his will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for example, a random little tidbit that Odin just decides to do because I got I got exile from the capital. Oh, I'm just going to go to the most dangerous part of Wano. I'm going to do some cleanup. 
Yeah, I'm just a really strong guy there. I'm gonna go fight him. I'm gonna, yeah, yeah. I, I learned that this edge of Wado has the most dangerous Yakuza boss lockdown. I'm gonna poke him with a stick, <laughs> just the crocodile hunter style. And I, just, I do like the little, the subtle progression throughout uh, with the relationship with Odin and the scabbards here. Because when he does Absolutely. go and do this thing, he leaves them behind. He's like, you know, he doesn't think they would go with him. Because when he they show up, he's actually surprised. Like, wow, you even followed me to this. And then you, know, you get to see like a little bit later, maybe a chapter or two later, when he's like, eh, I, don't, "I don't want anyone else to be my retainers." Obviously, it has to be you guys. Yeah, and through his actions, he cleans up the area, and he is actually appointed the not the shogun because the shogun's the the entire leader. He is the daimyo. Is that the actual title? Yeah, of daimyo that, Kuri. Yeah, of a uh, Kiri district or of the area. I forget the exact title, but yeah, it's Kiri. Yeah, Kuri. And, Kuri. Yeah, sorry. Um. And becomes the lord there. And it's like this, you know, it's like this newly refurbished area. But through his actions, yeah, the, the former criminals are now serving him well. He's definitely, they're, they're still criminals, right? They're still hoodlums. Like, they're still trying to steal money and shit. They're trying to steal funds to get, you know, extra funding in the area. He's got a, a friendly uh, daimyo who was the, the original guy who was uh, massacred, unfortunately, at the Abisu town, if I recall correctly. Um, he's the one actually going like, okay, I know you guys are just stealing money, but you're you're doing it for a good cause. You're not doing it for selfish reasons. Yeah, just take the you. funding. Yeah, God, it's so sad to see that dude because you know in the future he has that that face, unfortunately, before he passes away. But before then, yeah, he's just doing his thing. Um, but then we get this very interesting development. While you know Odin is doing his thing, he's becoming like this actual efficient leader, uh, forming this like powerful loyalty with these former criminals pirate shows up by the name of whitebeard you might have heard of that guy i don't know if you heard of him justin and he looks sexy (laughs) and it's just great to see this man again i miss you whitebeard and he has luscious locks (laughs) he's young he's powerful and you're like what the hell but what i love the most is when the pirates somehow get there because you know wana has treacherous waters Odin is sprinting at them at full speed, doing the Odin thing, right? Whitebeard is going, get behind me. And, like, he's even fearing the guy a little bit. Like, this this random samurai charging at them with no pants. Yeah, and he, then he's, he feels them coming from, like, a yeah, mile he feels away. Them. And then they, they have, like, I think... Did they clash with hockey? I actually don't remember if it's, like, yeah, sparks or not. I'm, I'm fairly certain that that was, like, Conqueror's hockey clash. Yeah, okay, because I remember the paddle being very, like, memorable. And then Odin just goes, hey, my name is Kazuki Odin. I want to join your crew. <laughs> yeah. And I think, like, we're, 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 like, fanboying over Odin right now. But it's also important to keep in mind because this backstory is almost a direct inspiration to a future character that we're going to discuss a lot more in Act 2. So that's why it's actually very, very important we peel through Odin's character because it might directly correlate with someone else in the future without saying too much but if you know you know exactly who i'm talking about but like i said we're gonna try and keep discussions until later for those moments but yeah he just makes this impression with whitebeard even though he fights him first thing because yeah he's just introducing us all like yeah i'm a fighter <laughs> and i think whitebeard makes him a deal because odin like straight up like tries to hang on to the ship as it sails away Right? I think I'm mixing up my moments, yeah. but... No, that's oh, that's pretty much immediately after. Immediately, kinda, okay. The next and chapter. Then, yeah, they're sailing away, and then I think Odin's hanging on in the water, and then I think Whitebeard goes, 
if he hangs on for three days, yep. I'll, I'll, I'll bring him on. <laughs> I'll bring him on to my crew. And I think Odin actually hangs on during the treacherous tide of the waves of Wano until, like, I think the ten minutes before the three-day mark, I think, before he passes out. So this crew's got some strength. He's got some endurance. He's not for show. Like, that mountain god was not, like, a bitch, okay? He's got the strength. <laughs> he, he's, got the, he's got the willpower. And through this accident, when he lets go of the chain, he's washed to the shore, he meets more of the scabbards. I think he meets the cat and dog, right? This know, the that, cat and dog that's here? before this. Before this that, is, okay, That sorry. was where he met Toki, and actually he didn't, I my impression was that he didn't faint, was that he heard her screaming for help and let go. Yeah, I know he met the wife for sure. I wasn't sure if the other scabbards or as well. It might have just been the wife. Um, but yeah, and then she's a fighter as well. She helps, but he helps her out. Whitebeard, he is won the respect through Odin's actions, right? Like, okay, you're a real deal. You're a badass motherfucker. I'd be an idiot not to at least, like, test you to come on my ship. And Odin gets his pass, right? He leaves Wano. He leaves most of his scabbards, right? Because I think, I forget their names. The cat and dog, I forget their names, sorry. Um, uh, Neko and, and Inu is fine. Neko and Inu? Uh, I think they stole away to keep up with Odin, right? I, no, I think actually... Yeah, all... Neko, Inu, and Izo are also on my beard ship. Okay, yeah, because they stole away. They they follow him because they're they're so loyal. They're like, no, we're following you to the ends of the earth, dude. <laughs> You've done so much for us for that. We, we, we cannot go away. And then we just have all these adventures where, yeah, just Odin is with Whitebeard. And he's sailing the seas. He gets exactly what he wants. He's going through these adventures. But... The craziest thing is we just kind of learn that, you know, through, we, we were to, we already told this, but we see it through the, the flashbacks, right? That Odin can read, like, the forbidden language of the Poneglyphs, right? Because his clan were the ones that made them. And we learn that via Whitebeard conversing with the King of Pirates himself, Gold Roger. And this is when things get really interesting, because then we actually get to see Gold Roger's personality more, rather than like a single panel, right? And then we just imagine him. It's like, no, we actually see a full fleshed out backstory, because now Odin's story is now cross-sectioned with Gold Roger's. And we get that very memorable scene where it's like Gold Roger's like going through like all his journals, all his notes of like, yeah, so I, I sailed here, here, here. I got this so far. I can't read this. You're saying you can read it, though. So I want you on my ship. But I also theorize this. I want to do this. And it's explaining a lot of these questions that a lot of readers like myself had where it's like, okay, what exactly is the end line? What is the end goal? And we have this told to us straight up, right? This is I'm, I'm skipping over the fight. Sorry. I know that Whitebeard yeah, and Gold, Gold Roger had like this epic fight. <laughs> that's probably really good in the anime. But in the manga, it's like a couple it's pages. Cool. Really cool. Yeah, it is. But uh, but the funniest part, obviously, is that they had a very tense clash, and then after three days and three nights, they just started sharing drinks together. And they're just like, hey, man, you're a good fighter. Yeah, you too, buddy. But Whitebeard and Gold Roger are, like, discussing, like, yeah, so there's, like, these red poneglyphs that I believe are this map, because he went to the end of the Grand Line, which is uh, Lodestar, I believe, right? Lodestar Island. Yeah. A Lodestar being basically at like the North Star in the real world, which it's any type of real position in the night sky to help you pinpoint exactly okay that star that is north right that's what lodestar is i believe so lodestar island makes sense that it's the last point of navigation but goldie roger confirms even though it's at the end of the grand line before the uh before the red line 
it's not the finale. It's not where this legend that he's heard of is, right? Because even he's heard of this one piece, right? It's not titled that yet, but he's called it the treasure. And maybe the secrets, right? But he wants to find it. He's got these poneglyphs. He's got this information. It's also confirmed, too, that you need some regular poneglyphs as well to get some information deciphered about the void in history. So the red poneglyphs point you to what we learn later is Laftail, right? Raftel. And, but you need, because he said that too, like he didn't get all the poneglyphs. He said he got like several different poneglyphs, but it had some information. So it makes me curious if that will end up being important in the future for the Straw Hats, if they need to find more poneglyphs, not just the red ones to find the, you know, to find Laftail, but to actually decipher that void in history, because God, I want to know that more than anything. Is just what is that secret? What is that mystery in the void? Because we right, even get a yeah. little taste, and they don't tell us. <laughs> they don't tell us. That's definitely one of the juiciest remaining mystery, big ones at least. Absolutely. And then this, yeah, this Odin flashback where he makes a deal, or he actually pleads with Odin because he feels that this pirate, this Goldie Roger, this very ambitious pirate, even more ambitious than my current captain. He wants to do all this, and I'm needed, right? He actually feels worthy to go on an adventure, and I'm, like, a necessary piece of the puzzle. And I don't feel like I'm, like, this larger-than-life character like I'm on Wano. I feel like I'm an equal, right? I feel like I'm here to be free amongst these other pirates. So he pleads with Whitebeard. Whitebeard gets emotional because, you know, Whitebeard's a family man, you know? And he feels like he's losing a son. You know, a newly adopted son. (laughs) But he's just like, I'm going to miss you, motherfucker. And then he's like, I think it's like, like it doesn't even say goodbye to him, but he's all teary. I just like, I don't want to look at him. Let's go away, motherfucker. <laughs> it's all sad. And then that's we see like the end of Gold D. Rogers' journey where he's going to Skypia. He's finding the last of the Poneglyphs. Oh, sorry. I'm skipping over like one of the most interesting bits because the anime, we're not talking about the anime majority, but I have to mention the anime here because it's like the only episode I watched, which is episode 1015, if I recall. They had this part animated so fucking beautifully and masterfully. And it was Gold Rogers' reveal. Like, another mystery, right? The last of, reveal? Uh, the reveal of his ideology. What he wants. Right? It's it's quieted. We don't learn it. We don't know it. And Odin and Whitebeard are just looking at him going, huh? What? Right? And in the oh, anime... okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the anime, they have like the color palettes of red with Roger and blue with Luffy, the child. And they're like, and he's like kind of like running to Roger, even though they're not there at the same time. And you see these colors clash and blend. It is perfectly animated. Yeah. That seems Um, immaculate in the anime. Yeah. So, and, and if the anime put that much effort and trouble into making that moment so special, even though we don't know the answer tells me this is going to be significant. (laughs) Like Oda, like told people at Toei, like what it is. And he's like, he's been teasing this since, the pre-time skip mm-hmm. since just, the, the Luffy flashback. Exactly. So it's just a reminder of like, yeah, there's like some big goals, big dreams, but it was enough for Odin to go, yeah, I want to join this guy. He has big dreams and goals. And they go through Skypia, right? We learn that Odin was the one who actually wrote the message on the Potoglyph that Robin saw saw later at, in the Skypia arc. And Odin actually wrote that because he actually had the skill to do it. And it was a message about how this is like the final piece before they actually make it to Laugh Tale. It was like a like a documentary kind of thing, like right, like I was here kind of thing. And 
the big reveal though that was like both like a big blue ball moment but also like the one of the most iconic pieces i think we can agree in all of one piece is odin writing down right like and we found the secret to the void in history we found the one we, we found this one piece right and all that happened we just see we turn the page of gold roger he just laughed and everyone joined him with him and so we dubbed the island laugh tale not raftel or raftel sorry laugh tale and that's the origin of that yeah. name and we're like but it wasn't uh, like so that alone is like okay but that's not like a laughter to like make fun of it or like wow we wasted our time doing nothing it's more like a hearty laugh like it was all worth it right and he was just full burst of emotion that's what i got out of it anyway um yeah it's it's i'm very curious to hear the story myself yeah see what the, elicited such a reaction yeah to both the the one piece treasure the void in history and all the secrets what the world government doesn't want the world to know and that these legendary pirates were able to decipher themselves and it was all worth the journey because as soon as they leave this is when gold roger disbands the crew and odin returns back to wano so you know before gold roger turned himself in actually i think he visits Whitebeard one more time, right? For that Marineford flashback before he turns himself in. Yeah, and there's also, I will make a quick note, an interesting panel there where Odin, I think it's Odin narrating, noted that uh, Shanks asked Roger something when he came back from Laugh Tale, and then he cried upon hearing the answer. Right, because Could Shanks be did not go. Right, because yeah, Shanks, Shanks did not did go. Yeah, Shanks did not go to Laugh Tale. Yeah, he was on the ship with Buggy because Buggy was sick. That's why he, Buggy couldn't see either. But yeah, so they didn't know. It was like it's like this indication of like there's like some weird, complex issue with that. Because there's another thing going on too that's you know that hasn't been answered yet. But it's also this the the question of like, is Shanks a good guy? <laughs> there's still that mystery. So I was like, could that connect <laughs> to this moment here? Right. Like maybe like what if like the thing that uh, Roger told Shanks that made him cry was Roger was just like lol do it yourself <laughs> like he didn't tell him he's just like do it yourself motherfucker you weren't there <laughs> and that just made shanks like this petty little dude just like oh i'm so mad now nah it's not gonna be that. but it's just all this intrigue of like what the hell exactly happened and unfortunately for me the and a lot of us who are very curious about more of roger's backstory and laugh tale that's all we get because now we're going back to wano with odin you have something to say? Sorry, I heard your gasp. <laughs> yeah, they. I said I was gonna say they did also mention, or they quickly showed us Roger's wrap up after he went to Laugh Tale, where he went to Fishman Island and he was asking about Shirahoshi, like how long until Shirahoshi was gonna be right, born, and how long until etc. etc. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so many teases there. Yeah, because originally the fourth red poneglyph was at Fishman Island. It's currently not there. We don't know where it is. I believe that's the one the Straw Hats still need because the Straw Hats have the one from Big Mom, the one from Zhao, and they just got the one from Kaido, right? I know, Act 3. I know, sorry. <laughs> but we knew it was going to happen. It was going to be uh, a part of the finale. So the fourth one is somewhere still. It's still a mystery, right? We still... It used to be at Fishman Island, but we still don't know. But at the time of Gold Rogers and Odin's journey, it was there. So, 
who the fuck knows? <laughs> who the hell knows? I know we had a little teaser of it, right? With uh, Jinbei's pre-chapter stories, I think. Where he found a poneglyph underwater, but it wasn't the red one, I don't think. I don't um, think so. But it was a different poneglyph. It wasn't the Joy Boy apology, either. So, that tells me that might be significant later on. Because a lot of the story, too, just tells me the fishmen are going to be important as well. Because what if that prophecy is actually... What if the prophecy is Lactail? Right? What if it is, like, the end of the Grand Line? The true end, you know? I think I made a joke of that it was really, yeah, the Cthulhu home, <laughs> Cthulhu home world. <laughs> yeah. But in reality, I'm sure you it's... i did at some point. I'm pretty sure I did, too. But in more realistic case, it might be likely as well that Joy Boy was like, no, you deserve to be where the, the answer to the world is, right? To the void of history, to the One Piece, where you guys can achieve true peace and happiness. So that's another theory that came up, too, with all these poneglyphs being found in Fishman Island underwater. Um, we're, di we're diverging a little bit. Sorry, but there's just so much condensed and packed into this flashback story, which is supposed to be about this, you know, this Jojo Theodore Roosevelt character, you know, Kazuki Odin. But instead, we get all this other great stuff, too. So we got to unpack everything. So... Oh, there's another little tidbit. Yeah, Frankie met Odin at some point. We learned that Frankie, they saw that Water oh, yeah. 7 Odin at one point. Odin tried to recruit Frankie. <laughs> yeah, and Frankie's just like, I don't know, you get the hell away the from Roger me. Pirates, bruh. <laughs> a, time, a timeline where Frankie, the cyborg. There's a timeline, think about this, where there's a timeline, I think, where Frankie is on Shank's crew. Oh, they would have been about the same age, right. and he would have been apprenticing there. So it's very likely, I think, if they hit it off, that he would have ended up going with Shanks post Man, or, you know, post disbandment. Now imagine a timeline where Shanks and his crew shows up at Marineford, and then you just see Frankie in the background doing the super pose, <laughs> just <laughs> behind everyone, just yelling. And like Shanks is just going, "You fought with them, now you fight with us," and then you just see Frankie in the background, super. <laughs> right. Just pose alternate universes. <laughs> Imagine but, Frankie posing at Marine Ford when when Shake shows up to stop yeah, the war. The ultimate, the ultimate. Oh, Frankie being the one to stop uh, Akainu from doing the blow. Is wait, no, shoot, is that the uh, Admiral's yeah, name? Yeah, Akainu, the lava, the lava guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's like, oh, I'm thinking of Okiji. Okay, yeah, Okiji was the ice guy. Akainu is the lava guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, listen. I'm think I'm okay with names, <laughs> but I still need a lot of work. <laughs> I'm doing fine. Don't tell them what happened pre-recording <laughs> with a certain ninja character that we're going to talk about in a second. Um, so Odin returns to Wano, and unfortunately, things have kind of gone to shit. Right there was a moment where Odin did return temporarily to get the red poneglyph for Roger before they set sail again, and his men were like, "Hey, you need to stay here, man. You need to come back." Right? Your wife just had a baby, right, Momo? And she's sick, but then she is telling Odin, if you fucking stay here, I swear to God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick your ass, because <laughs> I would never forgive you for losing this opportunity. Which tells me Odin picked the right woman. <laughs> like, you, you'd be missing the adventure of, of the oh, century. Yeah, you motherfucker. And she was absolutely right Arguably by that, Arguably the, the second <laughs> best adventure, if you know what I mean. Yep. The best one at the moment, anyway. Yeah, and, the best in a long time, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, there's also an interesting... Oh God, I know I keep wanting to jump to Odin back at Wano, but there's another tidbit. I got this information here. There's an interesting aspect that uh, Riley brought up when they were at Fishman Island, because they're talking about Poseidon, right? They're talking about the ancient weapon. 
And Riley says the line that I wrote down here, it's not the Poseidon we're after, it's the people who called it a weapon specifically, the vast treasure of those left behind somewhere. He's specifically talking about that the people, the void of the history, they called it a weapon, but from a certain perspective, from a different person, that couldn't, it probably isn't even a weapon. It could be like a tool, maybe. I think that's what he's probably thinking, right? Or well, yeah, like I mean, some kind such of... as using it to pull the ship Noah, you know, to take the fishman mm-hmm. up, not as a weapon. To laugh tail, probably, right? As a as yeah. a voyage to or go. Something of the sort. Because mm-hmm. Poseidon could do that, right? She can command the Neptunians to drag the Noah's Ark all the way. That could be a possibility. But yeah, we course, don't know how far that extends either. Like, can she control fit normal fish as well? Yeah, Whales, like is she, yeah, is she like is she, is she like Aquaman on steroids, where she can command everything, or is it only the big fish and not the smaller stuff? There's also the illusion too that throughout the backstory that Odin had a very similar um, that hockey sense power that Gold Roger had, right, where he can feel the presence and voices of Neptunians, of kaiju, of the big animals that characters like Momonosuke can completely understand and talk to, but or even Poseidon, but those with like that great willpower, right? The will of D or like that great power that Odin had. Um, they can also get a feeling for it, right? Like, like that pressure, that sense, like they're not quite there. They're not the, the ancient weapons, but they had enough ability or power to sense that, which yeah. Luffy shares as well. So I'm not sure if that's like a hockey thing, if that's a, a specific thing, it could be both because not everyone with the will of D I had that. I do not know. So we just know now that Roger, Luffy, and now Odin had that same uh, possibility. Is it a possibility that Kazuki's full name is Kazuki O-D-N? Probably not. I, I, I don't hope. think so. <laughs> I hope not, but I'm sure there's going to be a fan theory about that somewhere. Where everyone who has a unique power has to have D in the name. It has to be the will of D. <laughs> has to be. So I think I covered everything from... Before Odin returns to Wano, I think I got everything covered. Yeah, they did show a little bit of what was going on behind the scenes with Orochi. A little bit, yeah. Like, this is like the tease, right? When Odin stopped by temporarily, and then we see Orochi moving his pieces, right? He's vibing for power. He's moving in on his father, because I think Odin's father was the original Shogun, and Orochi basically formed a deal with Kaido to basically install himself as new Shogun of Wano in exchange. Excuse me. In exchange uh, to turning Wano into a industrialized weapons oh, oh yeah. island. But by the way, I don't think we've gotten to this yet. This guy is using, uh, I believe, what Suki Suke no me, Mister Two's fruit. Uh, Suki Suke. Remind me, sorry, Mister Two, Mister Two's fruit. Yeah, remind me who Mister Two was. Sorry. Uh, really, man. Bonclay? <laughs> Bonclay! Bon forget our boy! You, I remember him by his real name, Bonclay, okay? Mr. Two was a title given to him by Crocodile. How dare you I mean, that's how he him. was originally introduced. <laughs> I know him as Bonclay Wait, no, it's not, it's not the Suke Suke, though. That's the invisible fruit. I forget the name of it, but regardless, Bonclay's fruit is... It's, it came from Wano, which... that I would like to see that addressed at some point in the future. How that True. got out of Wano. Right. I, okay, feel like I, that, I feel like that is relevant somehow to something. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You're Okay. Yeah. 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 I remember that. I remember that clearly now. Yes. Because part of the reason how Orochi got into power was, yeah, he had that. Fruit. Yeah. One of his henchmen mm-hmm. imitated uh, Sukiyaki, Odin's father. 
Yep, with that power. Pretended that, I, I am the current Shogun. Ha ha, you know me. I am now <laughs> sending power to this dude right here. Trust him. He is your new Shogun. Ha ha. Let me write it down for you. And then he just went away, right? And then Odin saw this fact when he was confronting Orochi, going like, what the fuck? You shouldn't be here, and you're doing a very shitty job. How could you? And then we see that plan unfold. There's also another henchman that had, like, a very similar shield power. Oh, yeah. Power no, it that... is. Another one has Bartolomeo's. Fruit. Yeah, Bartolomeo's. That's the one I remember, Bartolomeo's That's shield power. That's the Bari Bari. Bari Bari no me. Yeah, so there's, like, two henchmen now that Orochi had that had powers we recognize that somehow went out of Wano, despite the fact that the borders are closed. So I wonder if it reminds me of that that fact we now know that when the original eater of the fruit, uh, they pass away, it goes on to the next fruit of that category. And because there's just no fruit of that type on Wano, it literally just goes all the way to like the nearest island that has that fruit. And that's how it gets away, right? And like the, the henchman dies in some way. But I don't remember, did the henchman actually die at some point between the flashback and now? Or are they still alive? I would argue at some point they had to, because their devil fruits have, are now with different people. Yeah, that's all I was wondering. I just don't remember if they were in present day Wano or not, because there's that's, so that's many also characters. It. I guess uh, the guy using the berry, the body body, kind of old, right? That mm-hmm. makes sense. He probably just died, but... Of old age, yeah. You I know. guess you could argue that for both, huh? Probably, I'm, I'm yeah. curious still how the fruits got off of Wano, though. I guess I just wanted to understand more about devil fruit reincarnation. Yeah, that's why I was theorizing that you need another fruit of a similar type for that fruit to transfer over, kind of like what we saw at um, at Punk Hazard, right? Where we have like the melon fruit going to the next melon fruit nearby, whereas maybe that fruit of those types, there's literally none at Wano, and they went right. all the way to like Dressrosa or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's possible. Because it's just supernatural. It just seeks out the next spiritual fruit <laughs> that has the same properties. Um, I mean, that's the, all the theory I had in my, in my mind, and that's how that got off. Because, yeah, Wano's borders have been closed, thanks to Orochi. And, unfortunately, we got the the blackmail, right? Where Orochi uses Odin's newfound development in kindness for the people, right? Where Orochi threatens, hey, if you don't make a fool of yourself once a day, right, I will sell a hundred people into slavery, right? I will just sell them away. I don't give a fuck, right? In exchange, though, if you dance naked in the streets like a fool every day, I won't do it. And I'll protect the people of Wano. I'll just do what I want to do, which is turn Wano from a very peaceful nature-first area into weapons, 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 black market weapons. And unfortunately, Odin being the nice guy, takes the deal. And unfortunately, the people of Wano then see him as the fool. They don't see him as, like, this legendary, magnetic, charismatic leader that turned to the worst part of Wano into a thriving area. Yeah, y'all some ungrateful motherfuckers. Yeah. They, they don't have any context, but it's also like, yeah, like, there's this new shogun, right, that supplanted your father. But instead of you doing anything, you're just dancing in the streets naked. So, and, but this goes on for five fucking years, right? Five years, every day, he's just dancing away. Even when he hears the news of Roger being executed at um, at Logtown, he just laughs and cries as he dances along. And his 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 constituents, right, the, the scabbard, are just going like, Sir, what are you doing? Like, why aren't you doing anything to Orochi, right? Why, why are you taking the, the title that's properly yours? And he just goes, yeah, I'm just paid to do what I'm doing, right? He's just, he's being very anti-Odin. 
right? Because Odin is a man of action, and this is what he's doing. He's acting cowardly. He's acting distant. His own leader is, even his most loyal people are, like, questioning what's going on. They're still loyal to him, but they're questioning him outright. You know, they're very curious what the hell's going on, where their leader go, right? And at certain point, though, oh, by the way, if we got to mention it, Orochi has the balls to do all this because Kaido is backing him up. You know, Emperor of the Sea is kind of the main baddie of Wano. No big deal. Um, he moved in, basically, Orochi's muscle. And he and Kaido made that deal for the weapons manufacturer. So what happened next, though, was Orochi, he isn't dancing every waking second, but it's enough for him that, you know, to lose all of his honor, his reputation, yeah, his prestige. I, I think it's like once a week or, or so. I thought it was like every day, but it's not every waking minute, regardless, because there's a couple of scenes where he's like, he's still eating with his, his, uh, his samurai, right? He's eating with the, the Yakuza boss, with his wife. And then the next panel, we see Orochi like parading through the area. And they go, what's going on? And it's like, well, Orochi and his dudes just came in and just massacred 16 Yakuza bosses, including his wife, right? And then that snapped something at Odin, right? You fucked with one of my family. You fucked with one of my guy's wife and his men. You've crossed the line, right? Because the deal was, if I made a fool of myself every day, you wouldn't harm any of these people, right? And then here Orochi comes in five years later, but five years later, he presses his domain right he's like i'm gonna kill people in your territory because i'm imposing my will because i want them to develop weapons and they're not doing it at my rate odin snaps he drops the act he gets the scabbards together and goes we're killing this dude right we're gonna make things right now unfortunately i think that's what's implied is after the five years of odin no longer adventuring and just doing almost nothing he kind of got weaker right he wasn't He's not as powerful as he was as a member of Roger's crew, right? That's I kind of got that out of it because he was again he was just dancing for five years. He wasn't like working out. He wasn't killing gods. I think that's, he was. I think that's the implication for sure. And even then, he still puts up a good fucking fight. The samurai get there, they clear Orochi's men, but Kaido is too strong, right? He takes them down. One of Orochi's henchmen, they do the Bond Clay move where he transforms into Momonosuke for a second. It throws off. Odin temporarily, and then that get, helps Kaido deliver the final blow to Odin, and you know incapacitates him, defeats him. Not before uh, Odin scars him, right? That's the infamous scar that Kaido still has. It's on his chest, right? The the only scar he has, Kaido. Yeah, I was wondering if that was what Odin gave him, right? It was a scar on his chest. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I just want to make that sure. The only person to ever wound him, you know. But unfortunately, yeah, the, the coup attempt doesn't work, or the coup of the coup didn't work. And they're all set to be executed via boiling alive. And that is not a way to go, Jesus Christ. So, it happens, right? But then they make a the deal. The of legend. Yeah, this is where he truly, de he truly deserves the magnificent title that I gave him. Where... He makes a deal with Kaido and Orochi. They take it as a joke, but he's serious. Where he goes, give us a deal. If And they show off, right? I think they boil one of the other people alive first, and they just instantaneously like, just burn up into ash. But to show you how hot it is, but Orochi makes a deal and goes, if we survive for, I think, one hour, then everyone who's still alive, you set free. And then, oh, no, no, sorry. I, the deal was to set a goal or time limit, 
And then Kaido goes, fuck it, you have one hour, right? Like, as a joke, yeah. he wants to play along. Because he's like, this is stupid. Like, you're not, a, you're not at your peak like you were with Roger. I'm the head honcho now. So even if you try something, I'm going to take you out again. So fuck it. Make, make a good show out of it. You're the fool after all. And the fool, quote unquote, jumps in, starts burning alive, holds a plank above him and goes, get on. And all the scabbards are just kneeling, balancing in place as Odin is bleeding, burning, boiling, holding them up and trying to get that one hour time limit. What a fucking god. <laughs> what a chad. Everything to give his have any extra chance, right, to fulfill that goal. Because another thing that we learned from the journals, right, was the part of the history, right? And I think he declares this while he's burning. He is one of the secrets that they learned from the void in history is one of the things that has to be done is Wano's borders have to be open for you know, for whatever needs to be done can happen. But with Orochi in power, that's not going to happen. But he declares it to the people when they still see him as a fool. In comes in Shinobu? Yep. Like, yeah, I got it right! <laughs> see? Go. Yeah, I totally knew that name before recording, too. You guys can't <laughs> prove it. Um, Shinobu comes in and goes, this dude was dancing every day. Like, basically telling them, right, what we knew already. This guy was dancing every day for the last five years to prevent Orochi, your current leader, out of revenge, petty revenge, because, let's be honest, Orochi's family did get fucked over, because, uh... Yeah, I, completely. I, yeah, because I think it was the daimyo, or the head of his family, was accused of a crime, was executed for it, but then the people of Wano accused everyone in that family of, like, being as pathetic or as bad for one crime, right? Which is a fucked up thing to do, right? To, to blame your entire family for a crime one of your family members did. Yeah. We don't even we don't even know the actual extent of the crime. It could have been terrible. It could have been like you stole from a noble where it's like it's big deal if you're someone higher up. We don't know. But regardless, Orochi took the low road and was like, I'm going to take out petty revenge on everyone in Wano by becoming its leader and yeah. just working everyone he down to the bone. He actively wants to run this country into the ground. Effectively so. He's, I'm, I'm going to put factories on every beautiful mountaintop. You're going to have so much emissions and so much smog. You're not going to be able to breathe properly. I'm going to make sure you guys starve. You guys are going to, like, thirst. You guys aren't going to have anything. And I'm, it's out of petty revenge. And it kind of makes sense for a character like Orochi, because that dude does not look like he has a complex backstory. But at the same time, it just makes so much sense, right? Where it's just like, this dude would be pathetic, right? You were justified in the sense of, like, to be angry. But to do all this? God damn. I really hope he has what's coming to him later on. I really hope he gets it, you know? If only. You know, who knows what's going to happen in the future? <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Multiple times, actually. But we'll get into that later. Um, So, Odin's boiling alive, but the people have their opinions switched, right? Because Shinobu revealed the secret, right? That Odin was, in fact, the Chad the whole time, and he was he took the hit on a personal, honorable level to protect these people. He had uh, Wano at heart the whole time. And again, out of pity, because Orochi is a fucking bitch, he changes the 
form of execution, like, I think a minute before the hour mark. Because he didn't even, he just said that he did. Like, oh, I actually changed it a minute ago. <laughs> oh, after, after yeah, he pulls out the gun? After he was done. <laughs> oh my fucking like, god. What a bitch. Because after Odin declares, right, to open the borders of Wano, that's when Kaido gets out the gun and executes Odin. After Odin, I think he flings off the scabbards, right, so they can get away. Is it, it's not and Kaido then, that pulls the gun, is it? I thought it was Kaido. I think it's I thought a, it was Kaido. Of... Maybe? Either way, he gets shot and killed. I thought it was Kaido, just the fact that that makes it more personal for Kinemon and the scabbards to, you know, defeat Kaido and secure Wano. That makes it more personal. But Orochi, it does also make sense narrative-wise, because, you know, it's Orochi. But, um, either way, we see the unfortunate end to a fucking legend. That is Kazuki Odin. He gets shot when he's in such a weakened state, and he boils alive in that pot. And that's when the scabbards, you know, yeah, flee. You're, I, you're totally right, though. It definitely was Kaido. I don't know it was Kaido? Think. Okay, okay, okay. Um, no, it makes sense if it was Orochi. That's why I, that's why I questioned myself, too. I'm just like, eh, Orochi would do that, though, because he's a petty bitch. Um, in a loving way. He's like one of those characters that you just love to hate, you know? Kind of like yeah. uh, Carlos, the the guy that has the best punch twice in the one piece. <laughs> you just love to hate the guy. Um, Actually, that's not true. Carlos is just so disgusting. It's just you love and hate to hate him at the same time. <laughs> it's right, I don't want to think of him at all, but if I have it's to, I want to enjoy hating him. If I have to think of Carlos, it's Luffy decking him. <laughs> anyway. So the scabbards flee, right? And we get the pieces, right? All the pieces that we learned before from Act 1 or earlier come together, where the wife tells the prophecy, right? In 20 years, we will enact yeah, our revenge. Yeah, you get to see Kawamatsu save Toki, how exactly that goes down. So why yeah. the people that got left behind got left behind. Like, why Ashura Doji did not go forward to the future, etc., etc. Yeah, and then how um, Hiori, right? The daughter, took on the disguise to just buy time to get fun just be patient and she's showing off that yeah she is incredibly patient she can wait 20 years to enact the plan right the ultimate goal to avenge odin and take back wano for the sake of justice for the sake of peace for the people and we get that as well and ultimately at the end of the day yeah it's these 15 plus chapters were essential it feel almost does feel like this should have been a part of act two not act three but i also understand that this helps just puts things in motion of like how personal this is right where this is why at the end of what we are talking about here it was chapter sorry nine seven three nine seven four right the final two chapters before our yeah, nine seven four is where you get that. It comes back to present. You get the traitor reveal, which surprise, yeah. surprise, <laughs> it's the traitor. It's surprise. Um, so what do you think about the traitor reveal? Because it wasn't like one of those moments where I saw it. I'm like, oh my god! It's more like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I was too. People had already figured it out at this point, pretty much, based on the information that had traveled to Orochi, and whether or not, you know, Kanjuro had been around. Yeah, it's also just one of those things where I think it's, it, this is, oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, I was gonna say, but it didn't hit, like you were saying, it doesn't hit well, because it just, it wasn't built up quite right. It was in the background mm -hmm. as a, in, that's like a really, really subtle undertone. And it wasn't given quite enough care, I think, to make that an important part of this Wano plotline. You know what I mean? 
Exactly. I agree fullheartedly. I was going to add on to that actually too, where because we had so much information passed on to us, not just from the last 15 chapters, from just Wano in general, that the traitor reveal was like kind of on the low priority list of like things we want to know about. Because yeah, we just like want to know like, okay, sure. Like there's a traitor that's possibly leaking information to Orochi, but we're still more concerned about Kaido. We're still concerned about, you know, the 4,200 samurai. We're concerned about Odin, right? The Poneglyphs. We're concerned about Roger. There's all these different story beats that are just so much higher on the interest list that the trade reveal is just like, oh, okay. It's not terrible, but it's like, it's both the great and probably the double-edged sword of Wano as in general, is there's so much narrative story details. Yeah. There's so much plot. There's so many different plot lines as well. Yeah, there's just some of them aren't just going to hit, not because they're bad, but probably, well, partly because they're poorly presented, like you explained as well, but also just because there's so much going on that they're just not going to hit because maybe like two chapters ago, we had the awesome moment with Odin where he's boiled alive, but it screams, you must open the borders. And then two chapters later, we get the traitor reveal, but it's also just like, eh. <laughs> okay sure but yeah. i'm more i just want it at this point too you're just like the momentum is just um queuing up to what happened to the samurai right because at this point it's there's a horrible storm going on you think it's the kamikaze wins but it's going against the samurai rather than in favor of them right if you know japanese history the kamikaze wins are always the divine winds that save japan from outside invasion but in this case it's hurting the samurai not helping them and I'm concerned, like, yeah, what happened to the, the Straw Hats? What happened to the other pirates? Because clearly they're still out there. They're not gone. It's They're the main characters. But we have the samurai, you know, going, what the hell is going on? Then we get the trade reveal, and I'm just like, okay, I get it. It makes sense. The story's good. But I'm also just like, I don't feel like there's a threat here. <laughs> I don't feel like I don't feel like the traitor completely succeeded in all these plans. I don't feel like we got Game of Thrones to where... Yeah. Where we're gonna get red weddings and everything's gonna go. There, there was a couple shit. of ways to make that hit harder. Like they could have even just made his devil fruit make a little bit more of an impact and made us really question the extent of what it could do if he was a good artist or so, even something like that could have made this yeah. like, oh shit! And of course, yeah. you know, now that it, well, you know, but but there's nothing. There's there's basically nothing there. So yeah, there's not like a literal backstab where he's actually like stabbing Kinemon or. Or maybe he will take Momonosuke hostage and then declares, I'm the traitor. Maybe like a two-for-one kind of thing. Even then, I'm just thinking like basic different presentation stuff. It's ultimately, I think the timing is the main problem. Because, yeah, it just came after Odin's backstory. It's also like right before, like, because he, like, he's so full of himself, right? He's like, yes, I am the traitor. It was me. Mwahaha. Right? And then, like, <laughs> yeah, five like, pages totally later. Monologue him. Yeah, and then we... <laughs> exactly. And then we get the Animal Kingdom pirate showing up, right? Like, oh, it's gonna be so bad. And then the Thousand Sunny shows up, and then Law Submarine shows up, the Samurai show up, and then we get that great panel where the the super rookies are all going, you're on the seas now, motherfucker. You're on our domain. Right? And yeah. it's a really hype moment. That, to me, was so much better than the trader reveal where I'm just going, yeah, okay. But I'm just going like, yes, finally, back to the present. Yeah. Back to Super Rookies. Law, Kid, Luffy. It's time to get Act 3's yeah. action <laughs> and momentum. This is a really long flashback. It is, but it's so fucking important. Not just because it's just so good, but again, we get a character reveal in the next 
portion of our uh in our recordings. I'm pretty sure in our next portion, our next act, I guess, the next episode, we'll go into much more detail for it. It actually becomes incredibly directly important, possibly in the future. And as well, like even if that wasn't there, it's one of the best backstories Oda has done where you're just like, this is incredibly important, this is incredibly engaging. Even if Roger wasn't a part of it, Odin is just an unforgettable magnetic character where you just I agree. I want to know more about how does he get his hair to look like a plate, right? I want to know <laughs> the secret. How does he do that? How does he how is he fine not wearing pants? But he has that big belt and balances it so perfectly, like a perfect bow <laughs> in the back. I want to know his secrets. What how does he are those eyebrows genetic, right? And I'm thinking basic aesthetic stupid shit right i'm not even talking thinking about like his influence with the people his influence with the the samurai that we know the secrets of but unfortunately he dies and that's all we're gonna get but his legacy as well as like all these other oda flashbacks right where he always has these backstories shown is because their legacy lives on in some way and so Odin's is going to live on in multiple different ra- ways, as we see later on in Wano, right through Momonosuke, through the new character I mentioned, and possibly through the other scabbards, the Straw Hats, through Wano, we'll see. So it is incredibly important that we know Odin is a character, and as well as everything with Roger, right? Of all those details, post Wano and on for the rest of One Piece as a series, how that will come back into the main plot. And what that means. And Odin's backstory is just such a great payoff to all these allusions we've gotten. Yeah, all these times throughout the story we've heard like, yo, those people, those samurai from Wano, crazy. Yeah, but Odin Odin is the reason why all those stories exist. Now, I will admit, I'm a little disappointed Odin didn't have like this magnificent Viking beard because I'm still convinced that man he should have because I was thinking of like Viking themed oh, no, samurai. No, no. You gotta save that for <laughs> Elbaf, bro. But you know what? Yeah, and I'm also thinking you know what that magnificent beard it went to that magnificent plate for hair. I assume <laughs> that Loki is going to have that magnificent beard. Yeah. If 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 there's. All if the all of the giants don't if not a single one of them has like this magnificent beard that goes straight to the floor and it's not even like, like straight up like a devil fruit where it's like I can manipulate my beard as a well the elder right from the big mom's flashback uh, Yarul the elder giant his beard could he punch with it punch with it <laughs> yeah like it's a devil fruit user where it's like a third fist and he just punches with the beard <laughs> listen a man can dream. A man can dream. <laughs> he will get, hopefully we'll get that eventually, but I don't know. So I think that wraps up this episode of OP is OP for Act 3, Part 1. I believe it does. We're going to try and get this in three parts, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll try to get in three parts, but... There's oh, so much chaos in this upcoming section here. There's a lot. Yeah. It'll probably be... Hopefully it'll be only three. <laughs> Hopefully three, but either way, I think we got off pretty efficiently on this one. Like this is like an hour-ish episode, so we got off pretty well on this one. But this is also like less than twenty chapters. The next part is probably going to be what sixty, seventy plus chapters. So yeah, it's kind of a free know. for all at this point. I couldn't say exactly where our next chapter discussion. Me neither. Is going to end. <laughs> I just know it involves a new character and. Most, if not all, of the Straw Hat 
portions, right, of their own fights, right? Yeah. I'm thinking that, and then Act 3 is for the thing. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the thing. The thing. If you know, you know. Uh, if they want to talk to us about the thing, Justin, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter or YouTube at Jitsu. That's J-I-T-S-C-U. And how about you, Jacob? Where can they find you to talk about the thing? <laughs> if you want to talk to me about the thing, about Wano, you can talk. contact me at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. That is J-A-C-O-B-M-E-R-D-N. Eh, I misspelled my own fucking name. J-A-C-O-B-M-E-R-E-N-D-A. Nailed it the second time. I think you might have uh, done that in the stream as well. Regardless, oh, another place you can catch us is on our Discord. The link is which available is down below. And if you wanted to catch a special role on that Discord and get access to a little bit of extra content and be able to hang out with us in a voice chat roughly once a month, you could support us on Patreon, which is much obliged. Absolutely. And then uh, if you can, leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify. I know that the mobile version of Spotify now allows you just to give yeah. you like a, a star rating system. And I noticed we have quite a bit of ratings. Thank you all very much for that. Very much. That was a shock for me. I, I just saw that like last week of this recording episode. I just saw that mobile version. If, yeah, like, you can't uh, afford the Patreon or just don't have the extra money or don't even want to spend money. A rating is just as valuable for us and we appreciate it just as much and the reviews equally. So please do whatever you can if you want to help us out. Absolutely. Oh, man. Part two, man. Oh, next this next recording. <laughs> yeah, there is a I lot of action so and a lot of stuff excited. happening to discuss in our next episode, which is going to be Wano Act 3, Part 2. And we look forward to seeing you guys then. Thanks for tuning in. Bye-bye.